Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here in my office with my Bible open to Romans chapter 12, where it says, beginning at verse 3, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each one of us has one body with many members, and those members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. And we've been spending several episodes here in Romans chapter 12 because it's so foundational to the working out of our faith. And there's just so much here. In verses 6 through 8, there are listed seven spiritual gifts. Prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy. Now, a spiritual gift is just that, a gift of grace, which simply means it's a gift that's imbued with power in a specific area and given to every believer for the purpose of building up other believers in the body of Christ. Verse 6 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. All of us were given a gift to be used for the benefit of others. The church is an interdependent community. Yes, I as an individual have an intimate relationship with God my Father and direct access to Him through Jesus Christ His Son. But the body functions as a unit. Each member has been given grace to bring a benefit for the nourishment of others in the body. Paul begins this passage by saying, it's by the grace God has given him that he is saying these things to them, and now to us. And he begins, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So according to this passage, when do we think of ourselves more highly than we ought? It's when we think of ourselves outside of the context of the body when we think we can operate independently from the body and still function as we were designed. So it's a big deal that we understand what our spiritual gift is and how to function with that gift in the body. In the last episode, we looked at each of the gifts and identified what each of them looks like with Jesus being our primary example. Because Jesus is the only person who has ever lived who possessed all the gifts. He is therefore our model for how they are used correctly and how they look practically in our lives. 
So how do we know what gift we have? One way to identify our gift is through understanding how it acts as a motivational factor in our lives and how it forms a grid through which I perceive the needs around me. So as an example, imagine being at a church with a group of people for a wedding rehearsal. Communion is going to be part of the ceremony. So the flower girl is walking down the aisle with a tray holding the communion elements that are going to be taken by the couple during the ceremony when suddenly she trips over a ripple in the carpet and falls flat on her face. The communion elements go flying and the dish and cup break and the juice spills. It's a disaster. Now, what would be your first reaction and thought as to what needed to be done? Someone with a gift of prophecy might say, why don't we just stop for a moment and pray? We need God's presence infused into this situation. Perhaps God is even trying to tell us something here. Someone with a gift of service probably wouldn't say anything, but would just go grab a mop and some paper towels. The teacher might look for an opportunity to take the young girl aside and show her the ripple on the carpet that she tripped over so that she would know to pick up her feet next time. The one with the gift of exhortation would say, all right, let's go get a new tray. Let's do it again. It's okay. You can do this. You need to get back on the horse. The one with the gift of giving is seeing the broken elements and is thinking, where can I go to purchase new dishes and glasses to replace this broken stuff? The one with the gift of leadership is delegating responsibilities. All right, someone go grab a mop. Someone make sure she's okay. Do we, need, do we have more bread and juice in the kitchen? The one with the gift of mercy is the first one to run to the girl to make sure she's okay and is comforting her and reassuring her that it's going to be okay. They're probably sharing a story of how they went through a similarly embarrassing situation. Each person in the room processed the situation uniquely and perceived the greatest and most immediate need differently. I think this motivational grid is, is most helpful in identifying your own spiritual gift. There are many ways you can test this. When you see a homeless person, what do you see as their greatest need? If your gift is prophecy, it might be prayer. If it's service, to buy them a meal. If it's teaching, to give them a Bible. If it's exhortation, then to deal with their issues and encourage them to get back on their feet. If it's giving, then to donate to the rescue mission or give them some money for food or a place to stay the night. If it's leadership, to create a holistic plan for their recovery. If it's mercy, then to bring them comfort and deal with the painful circumstances that got them to this point. One more example. If you were voted to become pastor of your church, what would be your priority? Someone with a gift of prophecy might say, prayer, worship, spiritual warfare. If it's service, and small groups to meet practical needs. If it's teaching, then Bible studies and in-depth Bible teaching. If it's exhortation, then to deal with sin in the camp and to move forward to make disciples and experience our potential in Christ. If it's giving, then to help the poor. After all, true religion is to care for widows and orphans. If it's leadership, then to organize, prioritize, cast vision, funnel people into effective ministry. If it's mercy, 
then hospital visitation, hospice ministry, counseling for those suffering abuse. In all of these situations, my approach will be different from your approach, just as my gift is different than yours. A pastor doesn't automatically have the gift of teaching or leadership, but could have any of the gifts. That's why there are many types of churches in terms of emphases. I have to fight my tendency to project my gift and motivation onto others and to judge them for not doing things the way I would do them. I have to be reminded that God has given gifts to the church just as he desires so that the fullness of his glory will be displayed in the church through his whole body. Once I know my gift, I need to develop that gift through service so that I can function as a sharpshooter in the body as opposed to a machine gun trying to do everything but not really hitting anything. Activity does not equal fruit. The goal of the Christian life is not to be busy, but to be fruitful. The average person in ministry spends 80 to 90% of their time and energy engaged in activities that are not aligned with their gift. That's a shame and is a recipe for burnout. That's why Paul told Timothy to fan into flame the gift that he was given. Paul encourages him to focus on his gift, to be a sharpshooter. Today, ask God to reveal to you your spiritual gift and then begin fanning it into flame by finding ways to exercise that gift in the body. There are no superior gifts. There are no inferior gifts. There are just different gifts with different functions. Every gift is the continuation of the life of Jesus being manifest in us and through us. Our part is to surrender, to believe, and to serve. Jesus is our example in everything. Philippians 2, 3-8 says it as clearly as it can be said, where it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. What a perfect example of both the right mindset and the taking on of the right nature. His mindset was one of humility. His nature was that of a servant. Today, may we position ourselves similarly so that Christ's life may be manifest in our lives. The evidence of this, the fruit of this, will be that the gift of grace God has given us will be used by him to strengthen others. Amen.